Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name's Jerome, and welcome to the podcast of Influencers Impact. What's going on, everyone? This is Jerome Reed, and I am joined today by Andrew Halt. Andrew is the worship pastor at an amazing church called The Belonging. He is also a husband and a father. Andrew, thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. It's truly an honor. Thank you so much for having me, bro. Honored to be here. Um, first question I want to ask you, Andrew, uh, especially during the times that we're in, it's going to sound weird, but it'll make sense. What does yeah. an average day look like for you? Oh, man. it's It depends on the week and the month <laughs> and the season we're in. Um, like you said, I'm a worship pastor at a church in Nashville called the Blind Co. And um, so if it's a Sunday, I'm at church all day. If it's a Tuesday, I'm getting ready for church. We have church on Tuesday nights. Our church check mm. started on Tuesday night. Um, if it's a Saturday, like a couple days ago, I'm hanging out with my daughter and my wife all day. I, I mow the lawn for the first time this season Wow! on Saturday. So true dad mode. I got yes, our daughter all of got our daughter Olive in the car and we went to Home Depot and got all the supplies we needed. Um, so yeah, it's just different every day, man. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Now, do you play any instruments? And if so, what's your favorite instrument and why? Yeah, I play mostly guitar. Um, I love the acoustic guitar. That's kind of what I play the most, but I also love the piano. I'm not very good at it, but um, I can mess around enough to write on piano yeah um, but that's something i want to get better at i think piano is one of my favorite instruments i'm just not as good at it as a mm-hmm. guitar so listen man things can change you never know yeah. come on man come on you never know now did you always want to be a worship pastor was that always like your plan or did god kind of change that on you yeah i mean pretty early on i knew that um God had put such a fire in me for worship. Like I started leading worship when I was 13 years old, just at my church that I grew up at. And um, mostly like was leading worship, like in uh, house churches, you know, just Mm -hmm. like small groups. Um, My parents actually like held this like young adult thing at their house on Sunday nights. Um, So I led worship there a lot. And then I get involved. I got involved at our youth group leading worship. And so I mean, I, when I was really, really little, I played sports, but I was so short that it never it became quickly obvious that I was not going to be an athlete. <laughs> I was, I was uh, self-aware enough at the time to know that that wasn't going to be what I um, did professionally, even though I still play basketball now, but there you go. I'm, not, I'm not great at it. But I, yeah, so pretty early on, I knew that I love music. I love leading worship. I love seeing my friends encounter God. And, mm-hmm. and I just had like a, thing in me for the local church as well like i loved um, being a part of the local church serving the church at a super young age so yeah i think i've always known that this is what i would want to do i didn't know exactly what it would look like um Mm -hmm. and it's obviously evolved over the years like i i have such a passion now for songwriting and i didn't have that six or seven years ago wow Um, i was happy to be singing someone else's songs but now i'm like i'm loving songwriting and the cool thing about my job here at the blind co is i get to be a worship pastor and get to pastor our amazing team and leader get to be a part of leading our amazing team 
and also I get to be a part of the sound of our church and mm-hmm. um, writing songs for our church. And so it's a bit of everything. Like I get to be a part of all these things that I get to love and do. And so, yeah, I think a long answer, but yes. No, no, it's I've totally good. I wanted to do. Dude, yeah. that's, that's incredible. And I think uh, what I love about what you were just sharing is um, it, it started somewhere like that seed was planted. Like you said, it was at a young age and then it kind of developed over time. Um, which yeah. is super cool. Like for me, I'm, I'm pastor as well, but I didn't always think <clears throat> that was my, like, I didn't think that's what I was going to do, but it's amazing. Um, you know, how God kind of develops you. Cause even for myself, I never even considered myself to be someone who would want to lead worship. And an opportunity came a couple of years ago where I'm like, God, I like, I don't really know if I want to do this. And it's one of those things where it's like, God knew all along, but it's, we're the ones that kind of need to catch up a little bit to kind of figure out that that was always totally. God's plan. Um, but that's yeah, so man. cool, man. Yeah. Now, what would you say for uh, a church set list? So you're, you're, you're trying to prepare your set list. When it comes to creating a set list for a church service, what would you say are two things that you would recommend church leaders or pastors do beforehand? If that makes sense. Yeah, great question. I think for me, it's always more about asking God what he wants to do, you know, trying to be sensitive to what the Holy spirit wants to do in a service is a big deal for me. And so, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, I don't want that to sound like overly spiritual, like it needs to be this whole spiritual experience, but it's more of just like having an open heart and open mind to God. And yeah, um, I try to walk that way where it's like, I don't feel like our, God, our walk with God was supposed to be hyper spiritual, like religious. It was just meant to be natural. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be just like a conversation like we're having right now. And so when I'm like getting to the point where we're picking a set list, like for us as a team, we're always co-leading for the most part. So I'm leading with someone else. So I usually like start a conversation with someone like, Hey, what do you feel like God's speaking to you right now? Are there any songs that you want to lead? Mm-hmm. And then I've just found that God's so kind in that way. If you're open to him and you're sensitive to, to what he's speaking in songs that he's highlighting for you to lead. Um, it's crazy how often like we'll pick a set list and it'll go right in line with what's happening in the service that day yeah. or what whoever's preaching is bringing. Um, and it's not like we like are always asking like, Hey, what are you preaching about this Sunday? We don't really do that. It's more of just asking God, what do you want to do this week? And God knows better than we do, you know? So right. yeah, I think being sensitive to that is the main, one of the main things. Um, and then I, I think I do think it's important to kind of think about the structure of a set list as far as keys um, go like, and also just dynamic flow and theme. So I try to always think about like putting myself in the service, you know, like if we start with this moment of praise and high energy um, and if it's in a certain key, like thinking about where the next song lands and how that's going to feel. Yeah. Um, And even as I'm planning, I'm thinking about those transition moments. Um, So it can just be one seamless uh, experience where people can not be distracted and be able to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, That's good. So yeah, yeah, I think those are a couple of the main things that I think about for sure. And I and I think like what you shared is is really important. Um, and I love how you know, like you said, it's not supposed to be this religious thing; it's supposed to be natural, kind of like yeah. our conversation with God. Um, and I think it's so good when you put Him first. I mean, it's it's we we know this, but when you put God first, really in everything, He yeah. will open that door. Where if we try to do it on our own 
it's going to take a lot longer. It's going to be harder. We're going to get frustrated. And then you find yourself, you know, about to lead worship and you're frustrated, but it's like, that's not what it's supposed to be like when it comes to totally. that moment, especially in a service. Yeah, that's great, man. So now, good. I know that every church is different when it comes to um, like their worship team and developing their team. Um, but if I'm allowed to ask, what does your process look like at the Belonging Co. if someone wants to be a part of the band? So, for example, is there an interview process? Do they have to fill out an application? Is there an audition? Kind of what does that process look like? Yeah, I mean, we're a very unique um, church in a very unique situation. We're obviously located in Nashville, Tennessee. And so our church is full of musicians. It's full oh. of singers. It's full of worship leaders. Whereas a lot of worship pastors and churches have the opposite problem. Like they're yeah. just not, like dying for more people. We're actually on the other end of that spectrum where it's like, if we had everyone that could technically do it on the platform leading, then there would be no rotation. It would just be like, you're on maybe once a year or something crazy. Wow. You know? so, yeah. so because of that very early on, uh, our senior pastor, Henry Seeley and his wife, Alex Seeley, they lead our church. They're both our pastors. Mm-hmm. And um, they intentionally, Henry kind of started the team, the worship team. They started in their basement and it from the very beginning was all very relational. Mm-hmm. So um, for us, it looks like just uh, encouraging people, you know, to come get involved, get planted in the house, go through what we call DNA, which is a four week thing that happens quarterly, where it's essentially just like coming and learning the heart of the house mm-hmm. um, being poured into. And then a lot of times we're encouraging people to get involved serving somewhere else in the church. Um, a lot of the guys on our team, guys or girls on our team started serving like on our production team or they were serving in the parking lot, parking cars, you know, yeah. that's just the heart of our house is very like, just get involved in anywhere you're serving. There's no like har- hierarchy of serving in our church. It's all like, if you're serving the church, then we're all on the same page. We're doing the same goal yeah, is exactly. providing a place for people to encounter Jesus. Um and so because of that, like, we're able to really get to know people and build relationships with people before they ever serve on the worship team. Yeah. And that is important for us for a couple of reasons. Like, um, one, on one reason, it's just, you know, we want people to make sure people are planted in the church mm-hmm. before they take a position of leadership like that. And that this is their home church. They're not here for any or any other reason or any other motives. It's actually just, no, this place has changed my life. Um, it's set me free. And so I want to be able to be a part of that for someone else. Yeah. Um, a lot of the people on our team, you know, that you would know of, you would know their names. They didn't come here because we asked them to be on the worship team. They came to our Mm -hmm. church because God drew them here and they had their lives changed. And then they got involved on the team after that. It wasn't the opposite way. You know, I think a Mm -hmm. lot of times people look at our church from the outside looking in, they're like, Oh, they must've hired all these people. to come and be a part of the team or something and we actually get that question a lot and it's like no like everyone that you see that you know their names are volunteers they're serving they're in the house they're on planning center just like everyone else you know and that's such the heart of our house you know is Mm -hmm. that we're all here to serve to to provide a place for people to encounter god um and then the beauty of that is that before i get to lead like yesterday i led worship all day long at church and I could look around the circle of the people and there were a couple of people that were serving for the first time yesterday, mm-hmm. but I knew them. I had had relationship with them. I'd had coffee with them. 
you know, I could look around the circle as we were like praying before we went up to lead. And I, I know, I know them, you know, I have a relationship yeah. with them. I know that we're all on the same page. We're in unity. Um, and so it's just this process for us. that Those are the priorities. And if you notice, I didn't mention anything about gifts or skill sets mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. all that stuff figures itself out. But if we don't put heart first, if we don't make that the priority of, man, we're making sure that people are planted in this church, this is their house and that they have a heart that's sensitive to God and sensitive to the Holy Spirit and worship. And that's how we lead. Yeah. Then get, we can have all the gifts and the talents and the best team and the best band and the best vocalist, but we might miss the whole point of what we're doing. Exactly. This for, you know? And so I think that for us is the main priority and um, God works the rest out and we make mm-hmm. sure, you know, that what we do is excellent and well done, but that's not the main priority. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of the process. Um, it's definitely unique and I'm not saying it has to be how everyone does it, but for us, um, that was definitely the blueprint that God gave um, our leadership, Henry and Alex. And mm-hmm. um, when I came on staff in 2016, I kind of just like kept running it with, with it in that way, you know, in the structure he set up and it's been seasonal. Like right now we're expanding. Our church is growing a lot. We're actually yeah. opening a new location, like an hour South of the city. And so the team's growing fast, you know, it's growing at a pretty fast rate, faster than I've ever experienced. Yeah. But those like same heart things don't change. You know, I felt God say at the beginning of the year, I was like, how are we going to grow the team so much? He's like, well, I can still do that in a different timetable, you know? Right. Yeah. So it's just trusting that God's going to highlight, highlight the right people that need to be a part of it. And um, he's been so kind to do that. And we've never been without, we've never, every time there's been a need on the team, he's highlighted the person that needs to be a part of it and needs to step up and mm-hmm. take the opportunity. So yeah, that's how we kind of do it. I, I love, I love that entire process that you just shared. And I, I love how you mentioned it's about the heart and having that heart yeah. for serving um, because it's true. There's, there's, there's a time and place obviously for the gifts and the talents, but if the heart yeah. isn't there or we're not focusing on that, I think we can get so caught up and all those other things yeah. where it's like, God can take care of all that. You could be someone that has a heart to serve. You might not even be the best singer in the moment, but you have a heart to serve. And then, you know, a year down the line, things change inside of you. And I've seen God do it. Like I've seen people who could not sing. Um, And then all of a sudden they woke Mm -hmm. up one day and they had a tune in their head and I heard them. I'm like, yeah, sing. Well, you know, it just kind of started. I said, maybe, but I think God was doing something on (laughs) the inside of you from the, from the get go. Totally, Um, man. So, yeah, no, I love that process, man. I think that that's really important. Like you said, not every church yeah. is going to do that. But I like how you said it's it's unique because like for us, we have the opposite problem where we're trying to get people involved. Mm-hmm. But then for you, it's we have the people, but now it's like we got to kind of maintain it and structure it a little differently. 100%. And I think no matter where you are, you can still start with the heart, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that is something that anyone can do and hopefully should strive to do because, you know, I think it was Brian Johnson that said it, but he said it's way easier to bring someone onto the team than to have to ask them to step down from the team. Yeah. And obviously things happen and like we have to deal with things in people's lives, but if we can know people's hearts and know where they are with God before we put them in a position of leadership, Mm -hmm. I think you're, you are, you're making a way for them to win. And that's the goal. Like we say it a lot in our church, like 
people over position is one of our priorities. So yeah. your heart and where you are with God and where you are with your life is way more important than what you can do for our church. And I think even if you're in a, in a church where it's like, we don't have, we're dying for musicians, you should still be caring about people's hearts and where they are and yeah. just loving them for who they are as a child of God more than what they can bring to your church and what they can do for your team. Mm-hmm. And if, if that's your priority, God's always going to honor that. And God's always going to make a way. Um, but using people just for their gift is such a dangerous place to be in, Yeah, it is. you know, and I think people, especially in Western church culture are honestly starting to get really tired of that way of doing it where it's like, well, it just feels like all they care about is I'm there and I confirm on planning center. I show up on time and I know my parts. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but after the service, no one's saying, "How are you doing?" Like, "How's your family?" No one's catching up with me, you know. Or maybe they're just handing me a paycheck, and I'm walking mm-hmm. out the door, and that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if whatever the situation, whatever the system you have in place as a church, making sure that the number one priority is people's hearts, and making yeah. sure that they're connected with God, and that that they're walking with God in a healthy way, and um, obviously we don't always win at that. But I think if that's the heart, at least of it, um, then God will definitely honor that. And setting up your systems in a way, like ask God, how does that work for our church? Yeah, exactly. You know, like the what I just explained, how does it work for us? But, you know, maybe it just looks a little different. Maybe it's tweaking some things and how you bring people onto the team to make sure that that is the priority and the number one goal. Exactly. Exactly, man. Andrew, you got it right there. We could, we could literally end right here. Um, uh-huh. But. I got a couple more questions I want to ask you because I you're a man totally. of insight. You're a man of insight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now you you guys released uh, a new rendition. Um, I say new rendition because the song existed before, uh, called "Turn Your Eyes," um, and yeah. uh, it's an it's an incredible song. And I want to ask. Um, it's kind of like a two part question, but one: What was it like uh, to lead alongside Natalie Grant? And two. Um, how did that song or how did the rendition of that song come together? Yeah, well, Natalie is one of my really, really good friends and awesome. such an, a, such a special person for our church and our team, her and her husband and her three daughters, um, joined our church, I think in 2017, okay. I could be wrong if that, if Natalie listens to this, she may say I'm wrong, but, um, <laughs> so they've been a part of our house for a while and her and her husband, Bernie, are also like a pivotal part of our worship team. They help lead um, a monthly thing we do with our worship leaders, mm-hmm. um, which is just, we call it like worship leader discipleship, where we just kind of get together once a month and pray and worship together and just hang out, um, break bread together. Mm-hmm. And so they're a massive part of our team. And so I get to lead with her a lot. It's an honor and privilege and she's, yeah. she's the best. Um, but that song actually started um with bernie and natalie they they started doing this thing when in 2020 when the whole world shut down Mm -hmm. called a song a day keeps the crazies away i think is what they called it and they would literally just like post a video on instagram just bernie on the piano and natalie sitting next to him um singing songs random songs Mm -hmm. you know some were worship songs some were pop songs like random stuff Mm -hmm. and it was awesome like they're a couple of the most talented people in the world so they were killing it. And one day Natalie just decided she wanted to do this version of turn your eyes. Yeah. I, they said that they were just playing around with it before they recorded the video. And she kind of wrote this new melody for the verse lyrics for that first verse. 
and this new melody for the chorus as well. And so they put it on Instagram and that was kind of where it ended. And mm-hmm. um, I'd actually, we're planning to write with Bernie and Natalie and another friend of ours called Daniela. Um, she's a worship leader at our church, Daniela Mason. Yeah. <clears throat> and we were planning to write another idea that we had and we came to Natalie's house, Natalie and Bernie's house. And they said, um, well, we can write that, but we also have this other like idea that we started a couple months ago for Instagram and they played it for us. Wow. And we were both like, yeah, let's write that instead. <laughs> you know, it felt, it felt so special. And I love songs that take old hymns like that and just give new breath to them. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's such depth in hymns and it's something that people can grab a hold of quickly and sing and feel like they've been singing it their whole lives, you know? Yeah. And so we started writing it and um, so she already had it. It got the kind of first verse and then we tweaked the chorus a little bit and then we wrote that second verse and we knew like once we had written that section of the song, like the bridge was going to have to be like another level. Like it yeah. needed to, it needed to kind of lift and like take a life of its own kind of thing. And so Daniela actually had this idea of, um, bringing that in the light thing back mm-hmm. because the way that Natalie had reworked the song, she had left that part of the chorus out in the light of his glory and grace. Yeah. And she's like, and Danielle, I was like, what if we brought that in and the bridge and like this idea of like, now that we have turned our eyes upon Jesus and we're standing in the light of his glory and grace, like what happens? Mm-hmm. Like what, yeah. what happens in the room when people turn their eyes to Jesus? So we were kind of putting ourselves in the room, you know, mm-hmm. of people singing this together. And so we just started kind of talking about that, like, oh, there's freedom, there's healing, um, there's revival, you know, chains start to break. And so we kind of, we started just like singing this together. And even in the studio that day, like writing it, we had the vision of like that, like kind of stacking harmony thing where it's like, Mm -hmm. in the light of his glory, in the light of his glory, in the light, you know? Yeah, yeah. And all of us were kind of just singing together, getting amped, like all recording videos on our phone because we were so excited because we knew it was wow. amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least we felt like it was amazing in the moment. Right. And then, so we finished the song. We like record just like a little work tape. And like a month later, we it was like our first like time in the new building. We just opened a new building last year. That's amazing. And we were still like kind of on lockdown. So we were just doing live stream. No one was in the room. Yeah. And I was actually... I was, I'd already planned like before I knew what the first day was going to be to be gone. Like I was on vacation with my family, Mm -hmm. but Natalie, Natalie led turn your eyes for the first time um, that day. Like the building had just opened. I remember live streaming in and watching and just going, okay, like I knew the song was special, but this feels like really, really special. Yeah. And the church, like our church just here in Nashville really grabbed a hold of it and started singing it. And then we came to conference um 2020 in september and we were able to do it like half capacity socially distanced mm-hmm. and we were in rehearsals leading up to it and i'd had this idea of doing turn your eyes the last night of conference like mm-hmm. maybe just natalie and bernie on piano to start and then having a choir like join them in the bridge and so we were like planning dreaming about it we were in rehearsal with the band that was going to be playing last night at conference like the week before conference started and our one of the guitar players on the team his name's austin goodlow 
he just started playing like this kind of gospel progression yeah that you hear in the recording now honestly half as a joke like this would be kind of funny like if we yeah. switch the progression and then all of us kind of looked at each other and we were like no that's amazing like <laughs> this is kind of cool should we actually do it and so we kind of like just started riffing on it as a band like playing around with it just joking in rehearsal because no one else yeah. was there it was just like me and the band and austin davis who's actually on staff here um as a producer for our music mm-hmm. he was playing drums and kind of helped like build this whole arrangement for that what happened and on the night which was just we did the song as normal and then kind of went into this whole gospel vamp where we upped the tempo changed the progression wow. and all that started in that rehearsal and so it's, that's kind of like the long story of how the song came to be yeah yeah but that night honestly bro that night when she let it and we went into the whole new arrangement something really significant happened in our church and mm-hmm. it just felt like the ceiling kind of got ripped off yeah for worship and the limits kind of got ripped off and um nothing honestly worship in our church hasn't been the same since that moment mm. like there's just a new freedom there's a new like authority even and even people in the congregation you can feel are more free they can feel Mm -hmm. they feel more free to worship to dance and um it just feels like god really used that song and that arrangement yeah um, to shift something for our house and so it's a really really special song to us and our church and we're stoked that it's out now for everyone to be a part of it's hopefully be able to sing it in their churches yeah honestly like i remember when i heard it on youtube um, and yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I saw it and I'm like, Oh, I've heard this. I've heard of turn your eyes before. Right. How's it? So how's this new? Yeah. And then when I clicked on it, I'm telling you my, my laptop, man, if it could catch on fire, bro, like it was, it was <laughs> so good. I'm not even joking. I'm watching on YouTube Come on, man. and I'm like having a, I'm having a praise party in my office by myself yes. because of what God was doing in the, in, in my office, let alone, you know, what I was watching, what God Come was on, doing man. in the church. And so I know that yeah. if that's what that if that's what God can do in those moments where you know you're writing a song and even if you like how you shared the backstory um, and all the yeah. details and how you guys had a plan but it's shifted to writing a different song then you had it planned out but then the piano player decided to mess it around a little bit then you're like no that sounds better it's like yeah. God planned out all of that to kind of get to where you guys were um, not saying that the song 100%. wouldn't have been powerful beforehand, but I think, you know, God wanted it to be this very way that you guys wrote it. So I just yeah. want to, you know, thank you guys for um, just being so faithful and listening to the voice of God. And with the way that you guys write, I think it's, it speaks volumes to your leadership, to your pastor and and what yeah. they've done over the years, yeah. um, which is incredible. Um, yeah. Another question that I Thanks, wanted to, bro. I mean, oh, honestly, man. Yeah. yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna I was just gonna say like just even you sharing that you had that encounter in your office you know like that is the goal of why we release music Mm -hmm. you know we could honestly we couldn't care less about how many streams it gets or how how high on the charts or whatever it gets like if people aren't encountering God through the music like and encountering him the same way that we encountered him when we wrote the songs and we when we started playing them in church Mm-hmm. then we're not really winning even if it does really well in the world standards like that's not our standard our standard yeah. is like the whole reason we release music is so that essentially that we're not stingy with the songs that god has given us because we know yeah. that 
that that same encounter that we're having with him, like in that same freedom that that song, for, for instance, brought in our house, it can it, it's accessible for anyone, you know, mm-hmm. and if God chooses to use these songs that we're able to be a part of to do that, then that for us is the goal. And, yeah. and so it's just encouraging you know, for you to say that, like by yourself, listening in your office and you know, getting, getting, having a praise party. Like that is yeah. so amazing to me because that's why we do it. That's why we work so hard to release mm-hmm. the music. It's not for any other reason, you know, that's the reason. Yeah. And so that's awesome. dude. Yeah. No, I, again, thank you. And, and uh, I, I know it's done that probably for so many more people. You'll probably get letters in yeah. the mail if people still do that anymore. Totally. <laughs> um, We've gotten letters through the internet mail. Yeah, exactly. Email, email. People don't really do handwritten <laughs> yeah. letters anymore. No. Um, Andrew, for you personally, who are maybe some artists or creatives that have inspired you? Yeah, I mean, there's so many. Growing up, um, my my parents always had worship music on in the house. Um and so there's a lot of artists that have really shaped me but in like middle school high school i started listening to um like jesus culture Mm -hmm. um they were a massive part of me kind of growing a hunger for just the holy spirit and more like going after more than just singing a song in a set you know i grew up um in like the baptist church and there's a lot of beautiful things about the Baptist church. It shaped me, made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, they love Jesus. They love the word of God. And, but I remember when I started watching Jesus culture lead on YouTube, because at that point they were kind of just like releasing music on YouTube and like yeah. covering other people's songs, you know? Yeah. But I just, cause I could sense something different about it. And I was really hungry and I actually like started this like Thursday night. I think it was on Thursday night. It's like worship night for, anyone in our church and you know, we would just like open it up and like worship for a couple hours mm-hmm. um, just because I was like trying to find a context, you know, how do I have this in my own life? How do I like lead like that? And so they were a massive part. And um, of that, I'm just trying to think of who else, I mean, outside of like Christian worship world, I, I listen to like a lot of stuff that John Bellion does. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. who that is. Yeah. I've heard of him. Um, but he's really inspired me um as a songwriter i think the stuff that he's a part of producing and songwriting is amazing mm-hmm. um but i'm constantly always listening to people you know yeah um yeah. and trying to find inspiration but um yeah there's so many people that i could name but a lot a lot of like that kind of world um jesus culture um really shaped me i i actually I felt God tell me that I was supposed to marry my wife or I was supposed to date my wife at a Jesus culture conference. So in Chicago. Yeah. So they're, they're pretty significant in my life. Yeah. I got to meet, I got to meet uh, Banning Liebscher. He came and preached at church a couple of few years ago and I like picked him up from the airport and I told him that, and he was just like, that is amazing. Like like God had like told me to to be with my wife at a Jesus culture conference. And I've gotten to talk to him to Chris Kuala a few times now and so it's it's always amazing like to be able to be a part like to meet someone you know who's yeah influenced you so much and so yeah it's awesome dude and and what's crazy is you so you're in the states and I'm out here in Canada but like God oh, didn't cool. tell me um to date my wife 
at a Jesus culture concert, but I remember watching a conference online and for me, yeah. it, it was Jesus culture as well. That kind of helped influence me a little bit. But when I watched one of their conferences, um, that's when I felt that I need, that's when I felt the call that God was saying to go into ministry. And wow. I forget, I forget the title of the message, but I know that um, pastor Bannon, he was talking all about your call and what that looks like and how, like, if you feel it yeah. from God, just chase after it. Don't look to everyone else and ask what their, what their insight is because their calling is going to be different. And I remember crying in my bedroom and I was like, how does this guy know what I'm going through? This makes no sense. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So it, it was, it was an incredible, an incredible moment for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you share a similar thing with Jesus culture. I'm like, Hey, there's something there. So I think that's pretty cool. For sure, man. For sure. I think it was just like this thing that they, in the early days where they were just going after God, it was for no other reason. You know, it was yeah. just like God was moving in their youth group and, and they were just like putting it up on YouTube. Like, and I felt that through the YouTube videos. You know? yeah, exactly. And so like, if this kid in like Tennessee watching on YouTube, who was just like learning how to lead worship, you know, can grab a hold of that. Like to me, that is such a special thing, you know, mm. and uh, it, it legit like lit something in me that I wanted to be a part of something more than just normal church, you know, yeah. like going through the motions and just singing some songs and, um, like I wanted to be a part of something that now I'm honored to get to be a part of something like that. And, um, so I'm really, really thankful for them. There's mm -hmm. some special people there. That's incredible, dude. Um, I won't yeah. take up too much more of your time. I do have a couple more questions to ask if that's all right. This yeah. next question, uh, it's going to kind of bring you back a little bit to the days when maybe you were in Sunday school. Um, and yeah. the, the, the question is, is this, uh, who is someone in the Bible? Now, unfortunately, you can't say Jesus for this moment of the question. But who is okay. someone in the Bible other than Jesus that you can relate to and why? Oh, man, great question. Um, I think I, I've been like reading quite a bit about the disciples and Jesus' relationship with the disciples. So I think maybe not specific disciple in particular, but just the disciples in general. Like, mm -hmm. I just like, I want to live a life that's like that, you know, where you lay down everything to follow mm -hmm. Jesus. And what's amazing about the disciples is that they were all like professionals, you know, they had jobs, yeah. they had things that they were doing and they chose to like lay it down to like give everything up to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I kind of, I, I really have always found that so special and amazing. And I was reading, um, about the, the, the day before Jesus chose his 12 disciples, you yeah. know, he spent the whole night before alone with God. Yeah. Um, and it was like this beautiful intentionality that he, he got away with God to before he made this massive decision. Like these are the people that are going to take Christianity around the world. You know, like mm -hmm. they were the ones that started it. And so what an honor it would, would have been to be chosen, you know, to be that yeah. person. But in the moment for the disciples, I'm sure it wasn't like this, like awe inspiring, like, Oh, this is the moment I'm going to be the one. Like it was a sacrifice. That they had yeah. to take. Um, but I think, to hear Jesus say, like, come follow me, like be a part of this, that I'm, what God's doing in the earth. 
Um, and now the beautiful thing is we're all, we all have that call, you know, exactly. just like those disciples had, we have that call now. Like we, if we are willing to lay it down, if we're willing to um, sacrifice and maybe even lay down the dreams that we thought we had, mm-hmm. you know, to, to follow Jesus, like it is the most amazing, insane, joy filled, adventure filled journey, you know? Yeah. Um, that God is calling all of us to. And so, yeah, I think that's what I want my life to be known for, you know, because I think that's the only fruit that I've seen in my life is when I've chosen to like open up my hands and say, God, like whatever you want, I'm here. Like I'm here to mm-hmm. follow you. Um, and he is always so faithful to like fill my hands with what he wants me to steward. And so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that definitely that, does for me anyone in the Bible, it's like those guys like inspire me so much because they laid down something that was precious to them, you know, mm-hmm. whether that was fishing or whatever their profession was. And I think we all have to do that in life, not just like yeah. once, but multiple times. Exactly. We're always having to be willing to lay down our dream, lay down like what we think even God is saying sometimes, you know, like even before I came to be a part of church here at the Blanco, I had to lay down some things in my life that I thought was the dream that I thought was what was going to be my life and mm-hmm. my career relationships that I had. Like I had to lay those things down to and sacrifice them, not knowing that something better was coming, you know, like honestly, yeah. I didn't know in that time, but just trusting God because I felt like he was saying, lay it down and I'll give you something better. And um, he's, he's done that. So I'm just, yeah. I'm, and I'm constantly trying to still live in that place. You know? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's an, that's amazing. And then no one's actually, I've only asked that question a few times, but no one said the disciples yet. So I love, yeah. I love that. Um, I mean, not that any answer is wrong that I've been getting, but I love the totally. perspective that you shared with how you relate to the disciples with laying, laying things down because yeah, we could read back on them now and be like, totally. man, can you imagine what it was like not knowing that your life would be written about and other people are now looking yeah. at you as an example, which is so crazy to even think about. Like one day yeah. people, you know, if they ever come across our name on social media or something, they're going to be like, I wonder what their story is. And then you get to know the person and right. you realize, oh, we got similarities and, and things like that. Two totally more questions. Man. And I yeah. promise I'm done. <laughs> but honestly, <laughs> bro, good, man. It, it's been it's been great. I just want to take a quick break and say it's been a great um, conversation that we've been having so far. And I know it's going to be a truly a blessing for the people that are me watching and, and listening to this. Yeah. Um, the question that I have is, so you guys have this conference um, that happens at your church. And um, what I found super crazy, and I think other people have done this, but I really stumbled upon it with you guys, um, is you guys have a conference coming up that's not just for those that live in Tennessee, but it's also for across the world. And I assume that you guys are probably going to put it online on zoom or or something like that. Um, But the question I have is for your conference coming up in September, um, because by the time this video releases, they'll still have time. But when your conference releases, what is the theme this year? And what kind of sparked um, inside of you guys to host a conference even at your church? Yeah, I mean, well, I think what we're calling this conference is a glorious light has dawned. It's kind of the theme. 
Mm-hmm. But we don't really like have a theme that we stick to as far as like messages. Every message is about that or all the songs yeah. are about that. Um, it's more of just like kind of an inside of what we feel like God's saying for the season. But we run conference a lot like we run church where it's very free flow, like just trusting that God's going to highlight what he wants to do and um, allowing the Holy Spirit to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in the beginning, when we started doing conferences, our pastors, Henry and Alex were kind of hesitant to doing it because they had come from a season where there was always conferences happening. It was always yeah. just like working towards conference. And, but God really like started speaking to them about doing a conference. And so we made it like an intentional decision of like, well, we're not going to just do a conference just because it seems like something we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like do it because it's what God's saying to do. And every year it's like, it's been pretty wild. Like by the end of it, you kind of see like, you know, just a common theme throughout the conference. And usually it's not exactly what we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of leads us into the next year, even, you know, for what God's doing. So that's kind of the goal of it is just to open up a space. And I think God always honors it when you, when you kind of, what I was talking about a minute ago, when you like lay down, some time in your life and you like set aside some time in your life you set aside some finances in your life even um all of us as a team pay for conference like normal rates you know Mm -hmm. and so even though we're working the whole time but that's just kind of like something in us of like and and alex said to us early on was you're gonna get out of something what you sow into it and what you um, find value in like what you find value in you'll you'll fully be in it and so we really value this time together. Um, and you're right. Like it's an amazing opportunity for so many people, you know, not last year necessarily, but in the past years from around the world have come to be a part mm-hmm. of conference. And um, so that's exciting for us. And last year, because of COVID, we actually did a live stream for the first time wow. of conference. We've usually never done a live stream. Um, and I think we're doing that again this year, hopefully. And so um literally anyone can be a part of what God's doing here and can um, glean from what God's doing in our house. And so we, mm-hmm. we try to be really intentional about having like breakout sessions that are really practical about pastoral things, about worship, um, anything in church life, you name it, even stuff outside yeah. of church. We always do like social justice kind of stuff, um, finance, like sometimes stuff like that mm-hmm. in our breakout sessions that, it's practical because we know that God's not confined to four walls of a building. That's right. And um, so many people on our team and in our church that aren't on staff at church are seeing God move in amazing ways in their lives, you know? Um, And, you know, we have people in the song writing industry here, the music industry that are writing pop songs or country songs, Mm -hmm. TV film songs that God is just like moves and music, business rooms you know so that kind of stuff a lot of the times is what we're sharing about um same with you know social justice kind of stuff or finance like those kind of things giving people um you know tools that they can run with and take out yeah. into whatever they do and um see god move in their lives and so that's kind of what we do is just a few days together like really intense mm-hmm. um intensive of like leaning into what god's speaking in this season that's incredible and so conference is always all of our favorite weeks of the year so yeah yeah no doubt yeah. i'm hoping if yeah. it works out I'll, I'll try to attend online because i just i yeah. I've, 
um, just saw like kind of what you guys have been doing for a number of years. Um, and so even just having this opportunity to have a conversation with you has been a huge blessing to me. So I just want you to know that you are the man, Andrew. Yeah. Um, but Thank honestly, you, <laughs> what, what God is doing with you guys is absolutely incredible. And uh, I know even with you personally, he's probably doing some stuff in your life with you and your family that no one knows um, when, and we don't need to, but I know it's going to be things that you probably haven't even expected yet. So just keep, you know, yeah. keep your ear tuned in, just like how you guys have been with um, your yeah, songwriting and, and the services and the way that you guys lead. Um, and to close, the last question that I was going to ask um, is kind of what's next for you um, or the Belonging Co. Are you guys working on anything special, um, anything that you're able to share? Kind of what's next? Yeah, well, for like our music, we're actually um working on an album that will come out soon um i don't know when this podcast is coming out but um the album will release in may the full okay. album and we have we have like three i think three more singles coming out before them mm. um and so that's exciting the album's pretty we're actually right now as we're speaking in the middle of mixing the album wow. um but it's all turned in it's all turned into mix so that's exciting. Some just really special songs that similar to what we were talking about with Turn Your Eyes, mm -hmm. that God has really just birthed in our house. And um, everything that we do for music is always based out of our church and our house. And so we wrote yeah. these songs for our church and our house. And um, when we feel like it's something that needs to be released, we do that. But we're not the goal is never for an album. Mm -hmm. um, but it always is exciting to like release it for everyone to hear and be a part of and join in on and so that's exciting um our church just started a college in 2020 wow that's um, amazing and so we've got around like 50 or 60 students here right now and a portion of those are worship students so mm -hmm. i've been able to be a part of that and um we're currently in registrations for the next um year and so um, that's exciting and that's going to grow and keep growing. I'm sure it's kind of kinda like, um, just we're figuring it out as we go a little bit, but it's been so, so special, like having these students in church every week and being able to like, um, see God move in their lives and even what they've taught us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's been amazing. Um, yeah, there's so much happening. We're opening a new yeah. location soon, which is exciting. And, um, God's just moving and moving and moving keep on going <laughs> that's exactly it bro that's exactly it I, yeah. honestly andrew it's it's been uh, like i said earlier it's been so good having this conversation i know people are going to be blessed by it um but as we close i just want to again know let you know um that i'm praying for you out here in canada i believe in what you're doing and i believe in what god's doing through you and through your your church um so know that you got someone out here praying for you um and i'm just excited to see you know, what's next. I'm excited to see what God does. And I'm sure we probably will reach out yeah. or have another conversation at some point in the future. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks so much for having me, Jerome. Dude, it's been a blessing. Have an amazing day and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks. All right. Bye.